0: Rolling. Okay, we are rolling. So what I'm going to do from the top here is I'm going to go ahead and start with. The, did you get those questions I sent over to you? Yeah. Okay, cool. Just wanted to give you a heads up before we started. So first of all, Herman, thank you for joining us here on uh, a kind of a offshoot of Neon Jazz, our interview series. Thank you very much. And. The first question I have for you is: Where were you born and raised, and how did these cities groom you to like jazz the way you do?
1: Well, um, I was born in Dallas, Texas, but I was raised in Jefferson City, Missouri. So I can't, you know, I can't say that Dallas had anything to do with jazz or, you know, how that has groomed me and, and what I do now. Yeah. Um, I was only there until I was four or five. So the majority of my time was in mid-Missouri. Um, And I I got into jazz while I was in middle school, and by the time I was in high school, I found a couple of uh, friends who were also really into jazz. So, um, you know, the city itself didn't, I guess, groom me because there wasn't really much of a scene. But you know, we we spent a lot of time together, playing together, and you know, like. Making the best of what we had there, which, which, um, even to this day, was is really great for me.
0: Excellent. When did you first start playing music? As you said, it was I think you mentioned middle school. And what other instruments do you play other than the trumpet?
1: I'm I only proficiently play the trumpet. I, I have a working knowledge of the piano, and I've just uh, lately in the past few months I started picking up drums.
0: Okay. So, talk to me about your family and how they influenced your musical pursuits.
1: um My family influenced me in the sense that they supported me throughout and you know all that I've wanted to do it's it's <clears throat> I think and we've I've seen a situation many times where parents you know kind of discourage their kids from from uh, pursuing their dreams you know they wanted to do like, "Oh, you should be a doctor or you should do this or this you know not um you know when a kid says "I want to do music it's <laughs> parents I think a lot of times are like uh, you know I'd pff, would rather you didn't but um, they've they've encouraged me and they've been really happy with what, what I've done so far and if they're, they've got me supported they're not musical at all um, but they're, they've supported me that's you know gone a long way
0: cool so around the country and even the world where have you performed so far Um,
1: well around the country I've performed in LA a couple times New Orleans, um, you know, St. Louis, Detroit, Detroit, um, uh, Wisconsin, Colorado, um, Iowa, you know, really Ohio, a lot of places, um, not so much the East Coast. And uh, abroad, I've been to um, Switzerland a couple of times, Paris a few times, Barcelona and uh, Sydney, Australia.
0: What was your favorite place to perform, and why?
1: Uh, As in a specific venue or, or city?
0: Uh, You know, if a venue grabs you, or I would think a city, a vibe that a city might have. Oh, paris. Yeah. Certainly paris Paris. What, what is it about Paris that's so special? It's, uh,
1: <clears throat> I'm in love with the city, first of all, I have to say. Um, I love the history. I'm a... I'm just kind of a a nut about that. I, I I'm like really into it, and uh, I love the people there, the way they support the music, and 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 they like when you're performing there, they're really really listening. You know, it's 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 almost awkward how much they're listening to you because <laughs> I'm not used to that here at all. Um, there's only been a few situations where I've had a whole room really keyed into what I'm playing. Um, so it's you know. It's that's the vibe there. That's that's what the whole vibe is there. It's it's a beautiful thing.
0: Would you say the Europeans have a keener sense of jazz? They that like maybe they have a sense that America did in the heyday when we were slipping from bebop into the other genres of bop.
1: Yeah, I think they do. I think they do in music in general, um, uh, and jazz happens to be one of those things that they do have a keen sense about. I think. Um, you know, and, and kind of the way that I view music, it's it's really all the same, um, and 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 that's what kind of prevents some people from not appreciating. I think that's what prevents some people from appreciating here is the kind of the stigmas they 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 have in their mind about what the music is, as opposed to really listening to the music for itself.
0: So, where do you play around Kansas City, and what venues do you dig the most?
1: Um, the I think my two favorite venues are um, Take Five Coffee Bar, which is actually south in Southern, uh, like in Overland Park, hundred fifty first and all. And uh, my other favorite venue is the Record Bar. Nice. Which is in Westport.
0: What What is it about the Record Bar? I've I know that you you played the Michael Jackson covers, and you've had some gigs where, from what I understand, there's been some crossover between jazz and Hip hop and R and B. Are you getting a better audience? Are you getting a, a a smarter musical audience? What is it about the record bar?
1: Um, the record bar is is great because yeah, I have I've we've done everything from our straight ahead original material to a show featuring Logan Richardson from New York, a great saxophone player, um, to you know hip hop jazz, kind of cross genre things, and and the Michael Jackson tribute and it's just great because the sound is great in there. Um, We, the, I have a good relationship with the the staff and um, it, you know, uh, just on the economical side, you're going to get, if you know, if you do well and a lot of people come out, you're going to, you're going to, you're going to benefit from that uh, economically as well. So it's, um, there's a lot of things. And, and and the other thing is just the experiences of how they're musically, um, they, i they're always the most positive and the ones I remember the most
0: excellent. Talk to me about your interpretation of the Kansas City jazz scene in two thousand twelve
1: um in two thousand twelve um one and one way I look at it and it's kind of interesting is uh that and some people might disagree with this, but I think it's really kind of unified in a way um everyone kind of knows each other um and for instance, if there's been this. I don't really want to get into the politics of it, but this is whole mess with Jardines, um, that kind of just happened. And uh, I mean, basically, if, if people don't know what happened, you know, like it, it basically is kind of shutting down, and the musicians kind of boycotted it, but not even together. Like we didn't email each other and say, "Hey, we're not going to do this." You know, we're not going to play here. Everyone had the same idea. It, it, you know, virtually across the board, everyone decided. You know what? I, I kind of, I ethically disagree with what's going on at this establishment, so I'm not going to play. And to me, that kind of that's a sense of unity. Even though it wasn't like a, a, a scheduled, uh, organized boycott, it happened. You know, um, and you know, we, there's a lot of great things. A lot you'll see. A lot of the musicians here getting together at each other's houses and playing together, having jam sessions. Uh, learning from each other. Um, so there's a lot of positive things musically that happen as well, like
0: to hear. You know, it almost sounds like things really haven't changed all that much. That's the way Kansas City was back in the day. It was all-night jams. Musicians came together because they liked what they were doing. It kind of sounds like, you know, the uh, the heyday of Kansas City still alive and well with the modern scene. Definitely.
1: Definitely.
0: Excellent. Um, Talk to me about your history and how you gel with the diverse trio. Um,
1: so my history with the trio? Yes. Then.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah, your history with the band members, and uh, you, you've won some competitions, you've recorded quite a bit with them. How do you all work together? What? How would you describe the trio? Definitely.
1: Well, um, first, of all, first of all, I'd like to say that... Um, uh, Ryan Lee on drums and Ben Leifer on on bass are like literally um, my closest friends, and um, in that sense, you know, I feel a really strong connection to them musically. We understand each other really well. Uh, Diverse started in two thousand eight, early two thousand eight, as a as a quartet. And um, the thing is, though, by the, when we started, we had already been playing together for at least a couple of years. Um, so we are you know, very well attuned to each other and, and you know, we, we kind of developed together in many ways. And so, you know, we started out as a quartet. Uh, we entered the Gene comp- the Harris uh, Jazz Competition, which was in Boise, Idaho, in the uh, summer of 2008. Uh, ended up winning the competition and got a record deal with uh, Origin Records based in Seattle. Uh, we added... another member to the group. We were quintet at that point and we recorded a CD. CD got a a lot of radio play and it it was our debut CD and it it reached the top 50 of the Jazz charts, which we were really excited about. And uh, we toured a lot with the group domestically. And at a certain point, um, you know, one of our members moved away. One of them decided to stop playing music. And me, Ben and Ryan were the three closest. Um, And we had kind of done an offshoot and started a diverse trio. As an offshoot, before before the other guys had kind of left, and we've uh, really developed the trio thing. We we took that to Europe a couple of times, and we've been playing together a lot. That's that's where we started also collaborating with other musicians in these other tribute projects or cross genre projects. Um, and then when we want to play quintet, we have guys who can pull in to, to to do our quintet gigs as well. So it's it's been. Um, It's been just a beautiful thing developing with with Ben and Ryan, and we've gone through a lot together.
0: Excellent. Speaking of the whole entire world of jazz, who are your jazz heroes?
1: Um, My jazz heroes? um, John Coltrane, first and foremost. uh, Charlie Parker. (laughs) Sounds really uh, obvious, I guess. (laughs) Um, And... I'd say Louis Armstrong, as far as guys from the past. Um, guys that are um, current now are uh, the two guys that I, I adore are uh, Logan Richardson, who I mentioned before, um, who's originally from Kansas City, and a trumpet player named Ambrose Akin-Busier, um, who just recently released an album on uh, Blue Note Records. Excellent.
0: Excellent. Um- I just gotta this is a question, and just a little thing. the other day I went down to eighteen of vine and there was an actual trumpet of Louis Armstrong's, and I felt this weird feeling getting next to it. There's so much history. Have you seen that trumpet down there
1: um in the museum
0: yeah yeah it was it was the one that was in the museum
1: yeah okay definitely.
0: yeah yeah it's it's a sexy instrument for sure um yeah. So, what style of jazz do you dig the most?
1: Um, that's a good question. I don't think there's any one that I like better than the others. Um, I just to, to me, it's it's uh, my preference is definitely like the groups or the players. Um, you know, if I if I want to hear bebop, I there's no one I'd rather hear play than Charlie Parker. No one. Um, you know, if I want if I want to hear early jazz, um, you know. Dixielandish New Orleans style. I, I want to hear Louis, and and his group. Um, you know, uh, there's just certain. I think there's certain players. You know, like for instance, I mean, uh, this might be getting too much into, into the comparison, but like, you know, instead of, I'd rather hear Louis playing his style than than I'd rather hear like Sonny Stitt playing bebop. Gotcha. You know? Um, so it's I don't I can't really compare the styles so much as as just the players that I gravitate towards. Because I think also those players that innovated the styles kind of, to me, are the epitome of those styles. You know, I, think, I don't think anyone plays Bebop better than Charlie Parker because I think, in a sense, Bebop is Charlie Parker.
0: Yeah. So what is the most intriguing thing to you about the heyday that Kansas City went through on 18 and Vine? When you think about that period, what, what's the most interesting thing about that?
1: Um, I think, to me, the most interesting thing is just how much support the music had um and, and I hear stories of just clubs lying in the street, and just people and I know part of it's this party atmosphere, which you know it, whatever you know whatever it, people were supporting the music, so it's just such a beautiful thing and i um to me like when I compare that to New Orleans and seeing how New Orleans has kept that tradition and kept that idea going, and that idea of that music being associated with the city so strongly. I makes me really wish that Kansas City, as a city, would kind of embrace that as well. Um, I've always thought that Kansas City could become a bigger tourist attraction if it really played the music card in the right way, because people still associate it in that, you know. But if they if they came here, they wouldn't they wouldn't see music as prevalent in the same way as it is in New Orleans, where you just you know, on Frenchmen or or. Uh, even on, on Bourbon Street to extend and, and other places in, in Uptown. there's just, like, the music is just, like, everywhere, every night. Musicians are always working. It's just, you know, even during the day. It's just a wild, wild thing. that I think Kansas City as a city could, could really capitalize on.
0: Absolutely. Which, I'm going to piggyback off of that question and answer. Do you see a resurgence of KC on the national scene with cats like you and others really... Getting out there and and putting it out for the people.
1: Um, I definitely see that as a possibility. I know that, for instance, when we traveled or anytime I traveled, people are pretty surprised to hear Kansas City come up. You know, because everyone and like in Europe, for instance, you know, they would be like, "Oh, you're from Kansas City." You know, their first instinct would be think of New York. Like, ah. Oh when they hear, when they hear a player, like, oh, that's an American player, they go, like, oh, thank you, you're, you're from New York, aren't you? Like, no, we're from Kansas City, you know, and I think it really struck a lot of people, um, and then guys like, you know, Logan has already, Logan Richardson has already been out there doing things, and Harold O'Neill has been out there doing great things, um, uh, even more recently, you got named Kevin Sarovich, a great trombone player and drummer, from here, is, is out there, and it's just, I think, I think it could happen, um, I really do. It 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 I think more groups from here should start branching out. Um that's the one thing that that would prevent that from happening. Um there's only a real I mean you could count on one hand how many guys are really making the efforts to travel, get out of Kansas City and, and tour and you know, it, it's that's the one thing that would prevent it from happening if if, if more people didn't do that.
0: Right. So, on a national international level, do you see the the overall interest in jazz sagging or surging?
1: Um, I don't think it's sagging. Um, I don't. I wouldn't say surging either. Surging would be too strong. I think it's it's on the up. I, I I wouldn't say it's surging, but I think it's on the up. Well, that's um, good.
0: Um. Speaking of surging, you learned under Bobby Watson at UMKC. <laughs> talk talk to me about Bobby. How how did you land your education at UMKC, get in the program? What's the program like?
1: Um. Well, I came to UMKC as a result of Bobby directly calling me and telling me he wanted me to come there, which is kind of hard to refuse. And um, I was a big fan in high school, um, especially as his work with Art Blakey. And... As a school, it's 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 a wonderful opportunity because I'm also the believer that the best way to really learn his music is to learn from someone who is this music, you know, and Bobby Odson is this music. He is part of the lineage um, of you know the great lineage. Um, there's all too many universities out there with professors who really aren't part of this lineage. I um, just frankly saying, you know musically, they're just not part of it. Bobby is and Bobby has learned from the greats and that's the approach he takes. It's a big, it's a, it's a really like a mentorship thing. Although we have classes and classrooms and, and all that business, you know, you learn from Bobby both in your lessons when he, he'll hire us through little private gigs. He'll talk to us, you know, in between things, he'll call us, you know, um, and also some of it is how much you approach him too, like how much you make of it. Um, he's not gonna be pushing you more than than what you wanna do. You know, if you, if you see someone who's really wanting to do it, he's gonna help you. If you see someone that's kind of just, you know, not really passionate about it and not really working, he's not gonna come to them. You know, he wants you to come to him. And that's kind of just the mentorship that's sorta of being lost in the scene but I think there are still some people out there doing it. And that's Absolutely. and that was a beautiful thing to get from a from a university jazz education.
0: Very nice. Talk to me about your accomplishments up to this point in your life.
1: My accomplishments? Yes. Um, well, my my main accomplishment, how I see it is that I found a guy, a group of guys that I really enjoy playing music with. Um, uh, ben and Ryan specifically, in a sense, but also there's a crew of musicians and singers um, that I've really come to enjoy working with. Um, And my other, some of my other accomplishments is that I have gotten to travel around to play. I was the winner of the 2008 National Trumpet Competition. um, And I came in second with the the 2010 International Trumpet Guild Jazz Competition in Sydney. Um, And then winning that competition with the Diverse, the Billionaires Competition, was another accomplishment.
0: Without sounding like you're in a job interview you're you're twenty four years old, you're an up and coming <laughs> musician in a town that's built on jazz. What are your short and long term goals?
1: Um, short term, I want to work on putting out our next diverse recording. Um, um, you know musically, I still want to grow. I'm still growing I practice you know every day. I'm never content. Um, even this could kind of go into long term, but um, I want to establish myself more um, out of the city as well. You know, I think, I I think I'm fairly established in Kansas City um, and I want to kind of, I, I've been slowly gradually establishing myself in places like New Orleans and Paris um and even less certain extent like in places like denver and and uh l a so i i yeah, i want to kind of grow and establish that long term i want to um be at a place where I'm consistently um, touring uh, creating music producing music um, and you know just having basically reaching a lot of people uh with 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 Diverse and me individually through what I want to do.
0: So this new album you're working on with Diverse, when's the expected date that's going to be out and ready for public consumption?
1: Um, there's no expected date right now. We're Right now we're raising funds to do it. Um, we have most, probably 70% of the material as far as songs okay. needed, And uh, we're planning on putting on Origin Records again. Okay. but uh, there's no data this time.
0: Okay. Um, if uh, Let me let me pose a scenario to you. Let's say you have a Magic DeLorean in your front yard and you hit 88 miles an hour and you go back in time. What two jazz musicians do you want to meet? What will you ask them first?
1: What two jazz musicians are going to meet?
0: Yeah, and what would you ask them?
1: Um, what would I ask them?
0: Yeah. Yeah.
1: Okay. Um, well, John Coltrane is one and I, wow, what would I would ask him, um, this is what I thought about. Um, I would say, you know, I would kind of try to, I would want to talk to him about what kept him inspired, what, you know, what motivated him, mo- what motivated him, um, because he's someone that uh, was a late bloomer, in a sense. Um, you know, he's probably regarded as one of the best jazz musicians or improvisers that's ever lived, but he was also a late, considered a late bloomer um, insofar that I think he didn't really kind of blow up until the late 20s, his late 20s. Um, you find guys like Charlie Parker or Clifford Brown who were, you know, not even 20 yet, and already making strides with the music. So, you know, I kind of want to talk to Coltrane about his inspiration and innovation because he was one of the hardest working ever to do it. Um, and wow, uh, the other person would probably have to be Charlie Parker. Um, and I would, um, I would really like to talk to him about. Kind of how he viewed music in general, um, I know that he, he used a lot of influences like classical music and country and, and a lot of things. and um, in, in, into like, I just read stories about him being into this music and learning them from it, and I like to see his approach what his approach is um, and to just view on, on generally how he looked at music in a sense.
0: Excellent. So does Herman Mahari live with any regrets?
1: Um, I don't think so. No, I don't live with any grief. I don't think, you know, it doesn't. I don't think it does me any good. I can. I only need to look forward. I can. I can learn from what I've done in the past, but to think about it and regret it, I don't think really does me a lot of good.
0: So, at this point in your life, is there anything that you would have done differently?
1: Um, anything I would have done differently? Uh. Nothing major, maybe a few musical decisions, um, and, and how I developed as a, as a musician. But, uh, Bob just, I couldn't probably think examples right now, but just like really small th- things that might seem really small, but, you know, <laughs> um, but you know, nothing really that is life altering. I'm glad I'm, I'm in Kansas city. I'm glad I decided to move here to school. I'm glad I found the people that I found, um, yeah, I've gotten to do a lot already, and I'm, I'm really happy about things I've gotten to do, and I'm just looking forward to doing a lot more.
0: Cool. What, what was it like to give your autograph away for the first time?
1: Um, I don't remember the exact instance, but I remember feeling... There are times when I... For a while, I just didn't give out any autographs because I really didn't think I deserved to really be given an autograph. But I, I had always been told... Of, um, um even in high school and stuff, like, Oh, I want I'm gonna save this for when you become famous. Some people would say that, I'm like, Oh, give me an autograph now so so that when you're famous, like, blah, 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 like you know? <clears throat> and I would always say, Yeah, I'm not I didn't feel right giving an autograph out but um so that was kind of I think the first time that I did it I was kind of like hesitant. I'm like, Okay, I guess if you if you really want it, I'll give it to you.
0: Very nice. So, what album are you listening to now, or what did what, what's on your iPod?
1: What's on my iPod? Nat um, <laughs> King Cole uh, doing the song Unforgettable. Nice. Um, and then a bunch of the R and B artist Erica Badu because I'm. Our son is doing a tribute show to her. I'm playing on this, so I have to learn the music. And I like the the music, so I have to create music. Um, And that has really been the immediate stuff I've been listening to in the past probably week and a half, two weeks.
0: Excellent. Um, You
1: go through phases.
0: Playing off of that, I did read in an article that you did a Michael Jackson tribute and you're getting ready to do some some more covers. Is that something that's common for you? Is it is it a difficult thing for you to pick up on someone else's musical vibe?
1: Um, it's 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 becoming less so um, as I learn really how to to um, listen to different types of music. Because I spent a lot of time learning how to listen to jazz. You know, and I and I kind of neglected a lot of other musical genres and types. So, I, uh, in a sense, I'm kind of still learning how to listen to these other musics. But I know how you know I I, I can still listen to them, and enjoy them, and um, it it's becoming easier, in a sense. And also, I it's it's becoming good too because it's it's still it, it's a lot of American music that um, I'm getting to learn that uh, I otherwise would not have gotten learned. learn. You know, like, yeah, you might listen to it and play it, but to learn it is another thing. So, I, so I'm glad I get to do these these things and really get into the music.
0: Excellent. Now, I'm going to apologize up front for this. I've I've saved some difficult questions without sending them to you, but I just thought of something. Sure. I would like for you, in the length of one tweet and 144 characters, to describe to me how what what do you think... What does Herman Mahari think jazz is?
1: oh man <laughs> you <weren't> <laughs> getting that
0: <laughs> well, yes and no I just thought i I love the maximization of of words and and I know it's big, but if we could crunch that up i mean oh, this is this is game show winning material here
1: oh my gosh okay um jazz is um, an early form of American music that came out of African American struggle.
0: Excellent. That's Excellent. That's what jazz is. I dig it. Very good. That's our take. <laughs> That's right. Hey Herman, you're a cool cat, man. I'm I'm so happy there are uh guys like you in the scene and it's it's just a pleasure to uh, play your tunes and to have cool guys like you out there further in the craft
1: well i I appreciate you too and I appreciate reaching out and and um I wanted to do this i um i'm honored and I am very happy to do the, to to uh, to know that you know there are people out there that are willing to promote and push the music absolutely you know, and your your love for it is is, <clears throat> is you know one of the many many reasons that uh, we continue our craft you
0: know so right on keep on uh keep on playing the reeds man i'll do have a good night Will do. thank you take care